Well, good morning and welcome to Bridgewater. My name is Tim and I'm one of the pastors here. And we are so excited that you are here with us this morning. By show of hands, how many of you would say you have a hobby? Or you've had a hobby as a kid maybe? Well, I grew up playing baseball and uh, it's one of the sports that I love to play. It's one of the sports I love to watch. And uh, this year, my son Andrew played in the Conklin Little League, and he played coach pitch. And so he got to the point where he decided that he wanted to improve. And so what I did is I bought one of those baseball nets, and I would set the net up and got him a bucket of balls and a tee. And every day, I would tell him, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to set up the tee, get the bucket, and I just want you to hit off that tee into the net. Just keep hitting off that. And he did that almost every single day. And so he became really consistent with hitting. And he's playing coach pitch, and most of the coaches in the league are really lobbing the ball to their players. They're from like two or three feet away, just kind of like lobbing it in there. One guy was sitting on a bucket, just like one guy was underhanding it. Our coach was on the top of the mound, full wind up, throwing 60 miles an hour to eight, nine-year-old boys. And I'm not saying that Andrew is going to be the next Derek Jeter, but he was becoming consistent in hitting. And one of the things I noticed, I was, I was videotaping him at one of his games, is that when he would hit the ball, he would stop as soon as the bat made contact with the ball. And he would drop the bat and he would run the first. And so I showed him the video. I said, hey, you are doing a great job. In fact, you are one of the most consistent hitters on your team. Some of your players, they're not hitting the ball at all. You're working hard and that's paying off. But what would happen if instead of stopping here, you followed through? The ball would go further and faster. You see, follow through is so important. Whether you're playing baseball or golf or basketball, if you just stop halfway through the motion, or whether it's in your work life or your relationships, if we don't follow through, we're leaving something left over. And as a follower of Christ, whether you've been following Jesus for five minutes, five days, or 50 years, we all still have some follow-through. And today, we're talking about follow-through. We're talking about taking our next step, and what is that next step for us? And I want to show you today that this concept of taking our next step comes from God's Word. So if you have your Bible, go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, if you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up on the screen behind me. And while you're turning there, let me give you a little bit of the background. You see, Paul is a church planter, and he's writing to Timothy. And he has planted this church, and he has entrusted the ministry of this church to Timothy. And this is a young man that he's been spending time with since he was a teenager. And now he's handed this church off to Timothy. And Paul is in prison. And he's in prison because of his faith in Christ. And he's writing this letter. And it's likely the last letter that he will ever write. And so he's writing to Timothy. And he's saying, I want you to hurry up and come and visit me before winter. And so think about it. This is the last letter that you would write. Who would you write to and what would you say? And so this is it. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. 
Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. So let me show you verse one again. This is what it says. You then, my son, be strong. So Paul is telling Timothy, you've got to be strong. You've got to be strengthened. You've got to be empowered. How? In grace. Not with your own wisdom, not in your own abilities, not in everything that you've experienced, but find your strength in God's grace. And, and this, this is amazing because today, all of us have experienced God's grace. The fact that you were able to get up this morning and put two feet on the ground is God's grace. The fact that, that we have breath in our lungs is God's grace. The fact that earth is not any closer to the sun and we're not burning up is God's grace. Likewise, if the earth was a little further away, we would all freeze. That's all God's grace. God's grace is all around us. And if you've placed your faith in Christ, you've also experienced saving grace. That's why it's so amazing. And so Paul says to Timothy, find your strength in the grace of God. Now look at verse 2. He says, in the things you have heard me say in the presence of many, do what? Entrust them. Entrust them to reliable people. That if we're going to take our next step, part of that is finding reliable people that we can help them understand who God is and what his word says. And give it to them. Entrust to them what has happened, what we've understood this is what's happening with Paul and Timothy, that Paul entrusted the word of God to Timothy, and now he's saying, Timothy, I want you to entrust the word of God to others who then be able to entrust it to others. Disciples who make disciples who make disciples. This is what Jesus did. Jesus taught the 12 disciples those disciples went into all of the world and they began to share the gospel. They began to teach. And they taught others who taught others who taught others who taught you and me. And now the baton is handed over to us and it's our job to follow through and teach somebody else, to share God's word with somebody else. But before we can help somebody else recognize their next step, we've got to understand God's word for ourselves. So how am I going to help somebody else learn about who God is if I'm not reading the Bible myself? We've got to have a plan. And whether your plan is to use the Bible app on your phone or the daily bread or the on-track devotion, if you don't have a plan, you'll fail. And we want to set you up to succeed. So we have resources at the Welcome Center, the, the on-track devotions, the daily bread, so that you can use that to better understand God's word. And here's the thing. You don't have to be an expert in the Bible to help somebody else understand the Bible. All you need to know is, 
This is what I understand about God's word. Here's what I learned on Sunday. Here's what I learned in my small group. Here's what I learned as I was reading God's word for myself. And now I'm going to take that and I'm going to entrust it to somebody else. I'm going to help somebody else learn about God's word. Moms, dads, grandmas, grandparents, it's our job to disciple our kids. It's not Dawn's job or the children's ministry job to disciple our kids. It's not Mason's job or the student ministry's job to disciple our teenagers. That's on us. That's our responsibility to help our kids know who God is and what does it mean to live for them. And so I want to encourage you, if you're a mom, you're a dad, you have little kids that live in your home, you have little kids that are in your family, that we would surround those kids and we would help them, we would teach them, we would entrust God's word to them. We would pass on the baton, just like a relay racer would do. Let me show you. This is the Great Commission, Matthew 28. We talked about this last week, that we are to go. We are going, making disciples, going, sharing the gospel, and then the next step when someone places their faith in Christ is baptism. But then it doesn't stop there. We're to teach them to obey some things that we like. No, no, we're supposed to teach them to obey everything. As a follower of Christ, I need to follow through and take my next step and help somebody else understand what does God's word say and how do I live it out? Timothy is like in the process of this relay race. Paul has passed that baton to Timothy. Timothy has passed the baton to somebody else. They have passed it on to somebody else. And now the baton is in your hands. What are you doing with it? Are we going to swing halfway and stop and say, well, I made a decision for Christ. Isn't that good? That's awesome. I'm excited. I'm celebrating that with you. But we can't just stop halfway. We have to follow through and swing all the way through that because being a follower of Christ is not just about these one-time decisions. It's following through. It's living for Christ and taking our next step and our next step and our next step. So here's a couple questions I want you to think about. First question is this. Who should I invest in? Who is in your sphere of influence that you ought to influence, that you ought to invest in, that you ought to entrust God's word to? If you're a parent, you have some kids in your life. If you're a grandparent, you have some kids in your life. But you have coworkers, you have people in your small group, you have people around you. And so my challenge to you is that you begin thinking about, who is it that God has placed in my life that I ought to invest in. And he talks about reliable people. Find other people who are reliable that you're not like chasing them down, you're not begging them, you're not stalking them, but people who want to grow and become more like Christ. Let me share a quick hack for you. If, if you're like, I have no idea what to do or how to do that, get one of those devotionals. And start reading it. Or get, a, get a, a, a devotional on your Bible app and start reading it with someone. And then once a week, check in with them and say, how are you doing? What are you reading? What did you learn? And then you just had a spiritual conversation. And that conversation will develop and you'll begin to invest in them. 
That's what we're looking for, that all of us would take our next step and teach somebody else. Here's something we've been doing with our kids is, is we've been trying to put resources in the hands of our kids. Um, my son, Andrew, loves the Action Bible. Someone from our church bought him an Action Bible, and he reads it all the time. And unfortunately, everybody from the first service bought them all, and they're all gone. But we have these incredible resources. Louis Giglio has put together these uh, devotionals that you can do with your kids. This is incredible. These sell for $18, and we're selling them for $8 and $6. Why would we do that? Because we want to put resources in your hands. Because you give, we're able to sell these items to be a resource to our families, to encourage our parents, to encourage their kids to become more like Jesus. These are devotionals. These are easy. You can read that with your kid, with your son, with your daughter as a family and help them understand who Jesus is. So today, grab one of these on your way out. Second question, what do you say? What do you say? How do I have that spiritual conversation? Tim, I, I don't have a Bible degree. I'm intimidated. I don't want to teach anybody. I don't know if I can teach anybody. But the Great Commission is for every single follower of Jesus. The Great Commission is for all of us that we would all be teaching other people about who Jesus is. That we'd all be investing in them and taking our next step and helping them take their next step. But what, what do I say? Well, this word entrust, it's the idea of a treasure that you're entrusting for safekeeping that you're, you're depositing that treasure. You're giving it to them. You're helping them understand who God is. Let me give you some questions that will help you get started. First question, what has God been teaching you lately? What has God been teaching you lately? I dare you to ask somebody that question this week. But you better be ready to answer it yourself. If you want to have spiritual conversations that are meaningful, ask them this. You know, we are, we are so good at talking about surface level things. How's the weather? How's, how's your work going? How's your favorite team doing? But how often do we bring the conversations to a level of depth that is actually meaningful? Ask somebody this question. The second question, is there an area of your life that you're really struggling in? But again, you ought to be ready to answer that question too. So talk to somebody from your small group here at church. Call them up, text them, get lunch with them and ask them this question. Is there anything going on in your life that you're struggling with? Here's a third question you can ask. What can I do to help you spiritually? What can I do to help you spiritually? And then close your mouth, open up your ears, and listen. And be ready to help them do that. So how do you approach it? Paul gives us three different word pictures. Let's look at the first word picture. Verse 3. Join with me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. 
No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. Here's a soldier. How many soldiers do you know that whine and complain and they're just, they can't focus on what they're supposed to be doing? No, our soldiers are trained to follow the orders of their commanding officer. They're trained to live out that mission. And they're focused. They're not distracted by all the other things that are happening in the world because they have a mission. They are missional. They are living on mission. And so Paul says, Timothy, you need to disciple people like a soldier. Like a soldier, don't get distracted. Don't be entangled. Don't be worked up. Don't be distracted by all the things that are happening in our world. But you have a commanding officer. You have a commanding officer. You ought to make it your aim, make it your goal to please God. And as you do that, don't get sidetracked. So many times, followers of Christ, we get sidetracked all the time. There's so many distractions. There's so many things in the news, so many things in the world, so many things happening in our lives that are pulling us in 800 different directions. And Paul says, this is really a mentality that we need to put on. I, I can't have this mentality of, of a victim, of woe is me or a whiny kid. But as a soldier, I'm gonna choose to be a discipler who makes disciples, who makes disciples. Our goal is to please God. Look at verse five. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. So think about athletes. Who's your favorite athlete? Do you know any really great athletes? Oh, there's Don Pitcher. But apparently Don is a tennis player. Sorry about that. Someone snuck that in there. All right, Usain Bolt, incredible athlete, runs the 100 meters in less than 10 seconds, extremely fast. Michael Jordan, one of the best basketball players of all time. And I know there's lots of debates on who really is the best basketball player. In my opinion, it is Michael Jordan but you can at least agree he's the top five. Incredible basketball player, incredible athlete. And then we have The Rock. A lot of people confuse him with me. I'm not sure why. But um, what do all these athletes have in common? They work hard. They put in an extreme amount of effort. And effort will almost always outdo talent. They are working hard. They have trained at their craft. They have put in energy and time. So the athlete, he has to be able to compete with the rules. He has to understand the rules. He has to understand the goal and the aim. And he trains according to the rules. And so Paul is talking to Timothy, and he says, be like a athlete. Understand the rules and train according to the rules. In other words, be a person of integrity. Be a person who makes decisions 
and has character behind those decisions. And pursue the prize. Don't be an athlete who's solely all about you. Don't be a follower of Christ who's just about getting their face on a Wheaties box. But be an athlete who is pursuing Jesus. And they have a mentality of a soldier and they have a mentality of an athlete. Let me show you 1 Corinthians chapter 9. He says, do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Verse 26, therefore, in light of all of that, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. Sometimes you see little kids who play soccer, they run aimlessly. They run all over the place. They're chasing the ball. There's 20 kids chasing the ball. I'm not running aimlessly. I don't fight like a boxer who's just throwing punches at the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified. He's talking about people of character. So imagine you're running a race and you're actually in second place, but you are gassed. You are huffing and puffing, and it's a long race. And, and as you're running, you think, you know what? If I cut through this corner, if I cut through this yard, if I take this shortcut right here, I'll be right behind the first place guy. Paul says, don't be that person. Don't cut corners. Be an athlete who competes according to the rules. That this is the mentality that we put on. That we're, we're like a follower of Christ who has the mentality of a soldier. We are, we're a follower of Christ who has the mentality of an athlete and we don't cut corners. Disciple others like an athlete. And then verse six, he says, be like the farmer. The hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a share of the crops. You know what? I've never met a lazy farmer. Do you know what a lazy farmer is called? A suburbanite. Every farmer I have ever known works hard. They put so much time and effort and blood and sweat into their fields and their crops and their animals and everything that they do. They always work hard. As a follower of Christ, we have to put on the mentality of the soldier and not be distracted. We also have to put on the mentality of an athlete and be people of integrity. But we also have to put on the mentality of a farmer. As we disciple others, as we teach them, we have to work hard. So how do we approach it? Disciple others like a soldier. Don't get sidetracked. There's so many things in this world that want to pull on your attention. Disciple others like an athlete. Don't cut corners. And thirdly, disciple others like a farmer. Be patient, work hard, and then enjoy the fruit. So what? So what? What, what, do, I, what do I do? 
What does follow through look like? So many followers of Christ that I know, they take their best swing and they stop. As soon as they make contact and they go, well, I did pretty good. I'm done. What does follow through look like? What does your next step look like? Here's a couple ideas. One, you would purchase one of these devotionals, this indescribable devotional, and you would start investing and having spiritual conversations with your kids, and you would just simply open it, and you read it to them, and depending on how old they are, you ask them a question or two, and I know their attention span from a four-year-old to an 11-year-old is gonna be drastically different. But what are you doing with a four-year-old? You're helping a four-year-old understand reading God's word is important. And you're helping them understand some really big picture things about God. And they're going to check out. But you're developing that pattern with that four-year-old. So when they're 11 and 12 and 13-year-old, they already understand that reading God's word is important. And now you're not reading it to them. Now they're reading it themselves. Another next step is that you would pick up one of those on-track devotions or those daily breads and you would start reading God's word for yourself. Because the better you understand God's word, the more you're able to teach and help someone else. Like I said earlier, you can cheat. You can grab two of those and give one to a friend and say, hey, like every week, let's talk about what you're learning from God's word. I wanna help you grow. And maybe it's a, it's a student, maybe it's a college student, maybe it's one of your kids, maybe it's someone in your small group that you would get together with them every week and say, hey, how are you doing? What are you learning? And you would ask them some of these conversational questions. Here's the questions. Um, what's God been teaching you lately? What's God been teaching you lately? Number two, is there an area of your life that you're really struggling in? And number three, what can I do to help you spiritually? I'm challenging you. This week, you would ask one person one of these questions. And you would begin to have spiritual conversations. You would just pick one person because follow through is so important. Now we have to be people who are doers of the word we can't simply be followers of Jesus who are downloading more content and downloading more content and not doing anything else because somebody else passed the baton and shared Christ with you. Someone else passed the baton and helped you understand what you know and now we have to pass that on to somebody else. That's called multiplication. That we are to go into all of the world, make disciples, baptizing them, and teaching them everything to obey. Let me pray with you. Father in heaven, we are grateful that you have called us out of the darkness, that you have called us to yourself and brought us into the light, and that we are commissioned to go and make disciples, teaching them all things. God, that's scary. So I ask that you would give us 
boldness and courage to go and proclaim your word, to have these spiritual conversations with people. Pray that you would help us to know what to say, to know what questions to ask, and then we would listen and, and you would help us to walk alongside other people, that we would entrust your word to them and continue helping others take their next step. And really by doing that, we would be taking our next step. Pray that you would help us, you would remind us to follow through and take our next step. Pray all this in Christ's name, amen.